Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. In the week that saw talent shows lose their judges, Fleabag waved goodbye forever, and the start of the new and final Game of Thrones, this is Series Linked. I'm Emma Bullymore from the TV Times, and this is Mark Jeffries from The Mirror. Hi, Jeffers. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank you. Well, on this week's episode of the podcast dedicated to everything on the box that's both on and in demand, Sarah Cox joins us to talk about her aptly named programme, The Sarah Cox Show. We look at some brand new and returning comedies and Nick Knowles shares his box set to watch before you die. You're listening to Series Linked, the podcast for TV fans by TV fans. Hi Jeffers, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. Yourself? Good. Still reeling from that line of duty ending. Oh, I mean, another big, big episode for Stephen Graham, I thought, and more great scenes with him and Martin Compton, and is it a bluff, is it not? There's a death, a big shoot in it. I mean, yeah, all shocking stuff. Really exciting. I tweeted something about Steve and Stephen Graham. I mean, great that they both... Yeah, Stephen Graham, I can't remember his character name, and he's got two, so I might as well just call him Stephen Graham. Uh, having a bit of a bromance. People like that. Got loads of retweets. So I think people really enjoy those scenes with them together. To me, that is the most exciting stuff, this series. Yeah, I think a lot of the time the guest on Line of Duty can sort of make or break the series. I mean, there's not been any terrible series, but you look back to Keely Hall's, the series she was in, people talk about that really fondly. A lot of people like Thunder Newton. I wasn't so sure about her. Stephen Graham seems to have almost raised it to another level. And as you say, the scenes of those two guys together, people are just loving them. And I know everyone's talking about the ending of Game of Thrones or certainly the fact that it's a final series. I think actually we're probably quite (laughs) pleased that it's going to come to an end as people that don't actually watch Thrones but work in telly. Yeah, it's a difficult one because I've never got into it. When we had Dermot on, he was very passionate and and I did mean to sort of watch and catch up before the new series starts uh, sort of Monday today as we record. And uh, yeah, people who are into it are really into it. My local pub in London is screening it live on a big screen as if it's a football match or something. And, and yeah, there seems to be a lot of a lot of excitement and, and who's going to basically end up ruling the kingdom is the big thing and who's going to get killed because almost everyone seems to get killed in it as well. We're going to get so much hate for not giving this sorry, yeah, sorry in advance. Yeah. <laughs> but the big news in our world is Darcy left Strictly Ada and Robbie are out. I mean, Ada and Robbie, I thought they might be around for another series, but I mean, they were never they never classic X Factor judges. But Darcy, I was pretty shocked at. Yeah, I think it's seven series for Darcy, mm. something like that. I mean, yeah, there were no 
sort of murmurings of this happening. Um, it tends to be quite a solid panel, doesn't it? And yeah, quite a shock and no obvious reason why at, at the moment anyway, no other show announced and quite a difficult position to fill because they've all got quite different distinct personalities on Strictly and I think Darcy with her dance background and she's well spoken and things, I think that's going to be a difficult one to replace. Yeah, I do. When she first started, I, I was a bit unsure. I think most people are a bit you know, hesitant about whether she was going to blend in. Yeah, she we had the like, yeah, 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 for a couple exactly. of weeks. But I think she's really good now and she's just, you know, I, it's kind of difficult to imagine someone else in that scene. I want it to be Karen Hardy. I don't actually think she'll probably get it in the end, but I would love it to be her. She's obviously one in series four and she's on It Takes Two and she's just really kind of knows what she's doing. She's got a real gravitas about her. I think she'd be brilliant. And I think by contrast, over on ITV, we're so used to X Factor, the judges are just almost a constant revolving table. We get different judges every year. Not so much of a surprise, but quite a big, big old judging table to fill now. Louis Tomlinson's also said he doesn't think he's going to come back. So you're basically, at the moment, you've got Simon on his own. You've got this new format where it's going to be two sort of mini-series, one with soap and reality stars, one with former winners from sort of across, across the world, I think, from different shows and no judging panels. So I think it's going to be quite interesting to see where they go with that one. X Factor Judges was a category on Tenable the other day, my favourite quiz show. Excellent. Um, but I couldn't think of half of them. Like, Talisa, totally forgot about her, you know, the whole female boss thing. Grimmy did it for a year as yeah. well. They went down that radio route, because I'd really like to see... This definitely won't happen, but, you know, someone like Chris Evans, I think, is a big personality, and I think, you know, maybe for the right audience... To being realistic, it is an older audience watching that now. I think someone like him would be good. I just can't see Simon and... Chris ever sort of doing a show together. Obviously, Barlow was there before, but we know Gary Barlow and Simon don't get on, so I can't see him coming back. It is going to be an interesting one. I wonder if you might go slightly more down a sort of TV route rather than a music background because we're going to have these sort of soap and reality stars being judged. You know, perhaps we're going to get someone a bit different. I would love to see, this definitely won't happen either. I'd love to see Jay McDonald on it. I think yes. she, she would be a great judge. She's not probably not cool enough for Simon, but I think she would attract a, a massive audience if, if they got her on board. Let's start the campaign here. Yeah, she you would heard be it here fantastic. Because no, they're obsessed with that youth audience, but it's not actually the people that are watching it. Jane McDonald would be brilliant. A final word on this. You're a tabloid journalist. I want your insight. The way Ada announced that they were leaving, she put a picture of the t- sort of sexy romantic picture of the two of them on Instagram and said we're just so busy with all our projects you know we're in Vegas we're doing this we're doing that we just really just can't fit in the X Factor do you think that's true or do you think they've been given the elbow I think Ada probably could fit it in a bit more easily than than (laughs) Robbie but I think in truth Robbie has got a Vegas residency goes until July I'm pretty sure that'll probably get extended if he wants to Take that or always trying to get him to do stuff with them. I'm sure off the back of this, he's probably been offered his own TV shows. He films a lot of what he does now and puts it on social media himself. So, I mean, he is busy and, and it's probably just that, yeah, maybe he didn't want to make it. Fit. I mean, he wasn't there for some of the shows, some of the live shows last year, and they found it tricky to make it work. And also, they were very expensive. They made even a joke themselves about how many million reasons why they'd signed on. So it might be a money factor for ITV and whether they can pay as much as they want. But I think he is a busy lad, so I think it's probably Robbie's choice as opposed to Ida's. Yeah, because it was Robbie slash Nar Rogers last year, wasn't it? So let's talk about a bit of drama. Trust Me starts this week with our friend John Hanna uh, on Tuesday on BBC One. Set it up for us. So this is all about Corporal Jamie McCain, and he is in hospital recovering from a spinal injury after a, an accident when he's at war, basically, in the army. He's left paralysed. Um, he's on a hospital bed. He doesn't speak a lot, but he basically picks up on a lot of what's going on in the ward and listens in on a lot of conversations. And what he notices is there seems to be a lot of 
injuries and a lot of uh, suspicious deaths, basically, within the ward and within the hospital. It's quite a slow burner, this, but basically you've got other... You've got potential victims, but also potential suspects. So it's a bit like a sort of who done it, but not in a, a normal murder sense, in a, on a sort of hospital ward. You've also got John Hanna playing Dr. Archie Watson. You've got Ashley Jensen, who's really good as Debbie Dorrell, another person on the ward who I guess is a candidate for being a wrong one. It's quite a slow start, I think, personally, but it builds up and, and then you're sort of left wondering who's bad and who's good, really. Because this is series two. Series one was also about sort of dodgy medics, but that was Jodie Whittaker. Then Jodie got cast as the doctor. Oh, I'm unavailable for Trust Me series 2 I'm afraid so they had to rethink it I actually really like the start of this I found it really intriguing they really are good at setting up this sense that it's really sinister because to start with this guy is he's laying in bed and he's basically given up on life and this conspiracy theorist comes over to him and he's like oh yeah I've noticed that everyone's dying he doesn't want to know and then, sort of almost too late, he's like, hang on, I, I think he might be onto something. And all that time, you've had this really kind of dark sense of foreboding that something's coming. Don't trust any of the doctors, don't trust any of the nurses. You wouldn't want to be in any of their care at all. It feels dodgy from the very beginning. And I, I really want to know where it goes. I think it feels quite, I mean, not unique, but it, it does feel a little bit different, I think, to a lot of the dramas that are on at the moment. It's quite an unusual lead. Alfred Enoch, I think, is the guy that plays Jamie McKay. I'd not heard of him before, but he puts in a pretty good performance. For me, it was a little bit slow at the start. I did get that sense of evil or, you know, sort of mystery almost on the ward. And by the end of the, the first episode, it's a four-parter, it is nicely set up and there are plenty of suspects, aren't there, as well? You know, even people who at the start seem quite genuine, quite quite kind you start to see various flaws in them. So I definitely think it's worth watching a bit more. It's only four parts, so it's one that if you don't perhaps watch this week, you could binge in a couple of weeks and catch up. And it's quite interesting. And another drama starting this week, completely different, is Chimerica, which is based on a play. Uh, It starts Wednesday on Channel 4. Tell us a bit about that. The good thing about this, just to start with, is it's just a bit different. Trust me, it's not really a traditional whodunit, but it's still a whodunit of sorts. And at the moment, we've got some great crime on, but it's all around who's the killer, who's the mystery person. And this just feels a bit different. So for that, at least, it, you know, I really enjoyed watching it. It felt a bit fresh. It's basically about a photographer, American photographer. He's accused of doctoring one of his photographs. He's an award-winning photographer. And then he sort of goes in search of someone from this photograph that he famously took. It's known as Tank Man. It's, it's the person that stood in front of the tanks. It's a real photo. It's Because it's odd. It's kind of like, what do they say? It's a um, fictional story based on real events or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. And I've seen that used a few times and it sometimes works better than others. So they do flick in a bit of real footage from time to time. There's a big US election going on and they sort of compare and they do show some clips of Trump, I think, some interviews where he's saying he'd never get involved in politics. So there is sort of reality in, in with the drama, which makes it quite interesting. But it's all around really this, I think, a fictional character, Lee Berger, played by Alessandro Nivola. And he is the photographer and he sort of is going between America and, and Beijing and trying to find this guy and, and try and get to the bottom of sort of what's happened. There's, there's quite serious political messages in there as well. So it's, it's a bit perhaps heavier than, than a lot of the other dramas we've probably talked about in recent weeks. But it is interesting. Because it's all about his credibility as a photojournalist. And if you lose that in this climate of fake news when Trump is coming to power, what effect does that have? So there, it's really relevant, feels really fresh. But I don't know, the first part of it I could so tell was adapted from a play. It felt really like it was a kind of theatrical scene that they tried to stage. Sophie Okonedo's character 
does not need to be there. I'm not interested in her at all. I loved her. I no. loved her performance, though. I was thinking how she's really under... I mean, she has won awards in the past, but I just was thinking watching her because we saw her in Flack quite recently, which we talked about as well. I thought she was great in that as well as the head of the PR firm. And I just thought... She's not talked about enough as an actress. I just think she's an absolutely incredible performer. She does a lot of stuff and we don't sort of hold her in high enough esteem compared to some of the other great sort of TV actors. And I'd really like to performance in this. I don't know. I think she's good in flat, but I think I can really see her acting. It, only really because it was set up like a scene, like something to break up the story or add a bit more to a play. It just felt really kind of you know, shoved on. I was surprised to see, uh, I watched a little bit of the second episode and I was surprised to see almost her names come up in the credits because I, I must admit, I thought it, that was a real one episode performance. I, I liked it obviously more than you, but I couldn't see where that part of the drama is going to go. And I definitely take your point that it really feels like it has come from a play and it definitely, because it has. But I also wondered whether it was originally an American commission, but I noticed it is a Channel 4 commission. It feels very much like it, you know, one of those American shows it's a weird sort of feel. It doesn't necessarily feel like a big British drama, but it feels fresh. And as I say, it's very different from all the other stuff out there at the moment, which I think is definitely a good thing. We do need a bit of choice. We don't just want whodunits, crime, constantly sort of police dramas. We do need stuff that's a bit different. You're listening to Series Linked with me, Emma Bullymore and Mark Jeffries. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you're subscribed and tell your friends as well. I'm Graham Wilcos, here to tell you that the Bradley Wiggins show from Eurosport is back for a brand new series. For 20 years I've just been called a hero and a legend, you know, and other things obviously, but only behind the back. (laughs) We'll bring you stage-by-stage analysis of the Giro d'Italia, the World Championships, La Vuelta, and of course, the Tour de France. Each week, Sir Brad and our panel of cycling experts will be taking a deep dive into the world of two wheels and lycra. Brailsford could put his hand down the toilet and pull chocolate out. The Bradley Wiggins Show from Eurosport is your essential guide to the greatest events in cycling. Subscribe now on Audioboom, Apple Podcasts and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Now, earlier in the week, we caught up with Sarah Cox. As well as gracing Radio 2 every weekday with her drive time show, Sarah is going to be pretty busy because the Sarah Cox show is coming to ITV on Saturday and Sunday mornings. When does she sleep? Here is the lovely lady herself. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Star of the Sarah Cox show. God, it's so weird, isn't it? It's very cool. I've got issues with with saying it out loud. <laughs> Feels a bit showy. No, it's great. Feels like my mum's going to come in and tell me to stop showing off in front of my friends and embarrass me. Um, yeah, the Sarah Cox show. There, I said it. This is good. Saturdays and Sundays, ITV. What's it going to be? What's going to be like? It's a chat show. So we're going to have lovely guests flogging their wares and telling us what to watch. Yes, yeah, so I think we'll get actors and comedians and we're going to get some podcasters in. We're just going to have fun and just hang out. And hopefully it'll be, it'll be the sort of show that's nice to eat carbs to. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a relaxed vibe because of the sort of time it's going out in the days. Yes, I want it to be funny because, you know, as the youngest of five, I'm constantly jazz-handing around, desperate to get a giggle out of anybody. Um, And so I want it to be funny, but not too raucous and annoying. I'm going to find a nice balance. 
Because sometimes it can be hard because they're there to sell something, to, mm. to find something other than just talking about the book or the film or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, you're an expert at that, but it's kind of quite a difficult tone, I suppose, on a chat show. Yeah, we're going to use some hilarious techniques to try and eke more information out of them, some fun and games. And I've also got my dogs on the show. Fantastic. Who are essentially my co-presenters. And who yesterday, after a photo shoot, we did a photo shoot a couple of days ago. Yesterday we shot the titles for the programme. And then the dogs left separately to me. I went off to Radio 2 and they got (laughs) chauffeured home (laughs) in a massive black-like people carrier, like in a big Mercedes van with a chaperone. (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing, because they're very well behaved. They sit in the Radio 2 studio with you when you're doing your show. Yeah, they are good. They are good. They used to be in the studio, but it's going to be a bit more manic at the telly because there's more people. They get a bit overexcited. And also, Dolly, bless her, she's, only, she's the size of like a small loaf of bread. So people <laughs> tend to just scoop her up and pick her up. Like yesterday, every time I looked up, it would be like a different lighting man or a different cameraman. And they, they were just holding her like a little clutch bag. And I was like, <laughs> put my dog down. She's not a stress ball. Stop just randomly picking her up and giving her a squeeze. Paul used to have his dog on, didn't he? Paul O'Grady, did he have a it's little dog? slightly inspired by that. I won't say I'm copying Paul O'Grady, no. but we'll say it's inspired by that. I did love it when he used to have his dog on. Didn't it used to sit on the desk? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to that's what I think so. But they would also sort of wander off. The, I've constantly felt nervous that Buster was going to jump off the desk. That was, it was a Perilous yeah, you know what? I've forgotten that. And I went on with my old Bassett Snoop donkeys years ago and took, yeah, took him on and he lay on the couch. And it's nice. I think people kind of like it. it, makes it feel a bit more homely. Yeah, they're going to have their own bed on set and wander on and off. And it's cute. That's fantastic. And you're filming Love in the Countryside at the moment. How's yes. that going? Spending a lot of time on trains to lots of faraway places. The only bad thing about it is it involves a lot of travel. And occasional shower curtains, which are my arch (laughs) nemesis, uh, because I'm staying in some moderately priced hotels in Carlisle and Workington and Whitehaven and... BBC Somerset. And uh, Well, they tried putting me in a posher place, actually. I demanded the little branded hotels that you find in every town, because they're actually normally clean. They've just got a shower curtain. Shower curtains aside... (laughs) Um, it's going brilliantly and I absolutely love it and it's wonderful just to get out into the countryside just to see the horizon and so much green countryside it's beautiful up in Carlisle it was gorgeous however it's kind of like it's like an optical illusion because you look out and it's blue skies and it looks beautiful and glorious and then it's like the Arctic tundra when you're actually out there. It's freezing. You forget that up north, that far north, they do chill to the bone really, really well. So I've now got... I'm, well, I'm building a collection of thermal underwear. Sure, it's not sexy, but it's very practical. And I'm quite into it. <laughs> God, with the Sarah Cox of the 90s. <laughs> so bang into long johns, I know. <laughs> got some merino wool I've upgraded. Wow. Apparently that's the, that's the ultimate base layer. Have you found any love? Or is there anyone from the first series maybe who's still so together? We had Ed and Rebecca. Ed was our dairy farmer. As far as I know, they're still together. And so I'm hoping to have even more success with this series. I've been filming with an amazing woman called Katie. She's in Carlisle, out in the wilds, and she trains sheepdogs. So she's got like 38 sheepdogs on her farm. She's completely batty. She wears this massive fluffy hat that I was asking, was that like a sheepdog that misbehaved? (laughs) (laughs) 
apparently he's not. So some incredible characters who, you know, and it is, it is difficult when you live somewhere so isolated. You know, everybody's kind of already married off. It's difficult to, to meet people. And it's such a, you know, it's such a calling to be a farmer. Nobody's ever like, oh, I'm going to leave uni and make a million by being a farmer. Because you just don't, you know, it's normally in your family and it's, uh, you know, it's sort of a calling, really. But yeah, there's some really nice people. There's lovely people this time. Do you take it to heart? Do you think, oh, I'll look through my friends and see if I can set you up with someone? Do you kind of just desperately want to get them someone? No, I don't, actually. I've not really got many single friends, and it would be quite weird as well if they were on telly. <laughs> don't know full disclosure if below to like, this is my Bessie <laughs> that I brought along. But I push it a lot on Twitter and stuff. I want to, I want to sort of, you know, cast the net as wide as we possibly can. You know, we're filming it all through the summer. Hopefully it'll be on in autumn. How do you kind of balance it all? Because you've got that and the commission for the ITV shows, it's a huge amount, isn't it? It's 35, 40 shows on yeah, radio so, as well. So. Yeah, it's a lot. I've got all the jobs and it yeah. was quite by accident. <laughs> I've had times where I've not had many jobs, so I'm really enjoying it. But it is kind of one day at a time, sweet Jesus. I just try and think about what I'm doing today. That's fine. But it is busy. I've got an incredibly supportive husband who when he's been busy at work I've stepped up and now I'm busy stepping up kids are a bit older so it's not like I'm leaving him you know in a sort of tangle of toddlers anymore it's not as tough as it used to be but I do hate leaving them so there's a lot of FaceTime going on because I'm away traveling I'm often going off after the radio getting the train some far-flung place like Somerset or Doncaster and then filming the next morning from very early and then getting on the train to do the radio. And you always look so relaxed in a radio studio. It looks like you're, you're totally at home. Do you feel like that doing TV stuff as well? Is, is that just yeah, kind of Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I think this is true in any job. The more you do it, the, the more confident you get with it. And so confidence breeds confidence. That's why it's tough when things are quiet because your confidence dips a little bit. And then when you do get a job, you might not be that good because you're a bit rusty. Whereas at the moment, I am fully oiled and flexed, <laughs> <laughs> let's say. And so that just gives you the balls to just go out and do the job and to enjoy it and own it a little bit. Do you have a preference between radios either? You just like them in different ways? Yeah, they're different. They are very different. It's like... Ice cream and roller skating, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's difficult. I guess with the radio, you do just feel like you're sitting in a person's car with them on the M6 or on the train or in the kitchen with them. It's really personal. Radio, I'm a control freak as well, so radio suits me because I press all the buttons and I'm in control. Telly is a lot of faffing and you've got to make peace with it. If it's not live TV, if it's recorded... They want to make it look beautiful, and they do. So I love the countryside will look stunning, but you will walk through a door four or five times so they can get different shots and different angles and stuff. And you have to make peace with it or it will drive you mad. It's a bit like, imagine, being a London cabbie. You have to accept the traffic, and with telly, you have to accept the faff. And I guess with something like a new show like the ITV one, the first few weeks you've, you've got to work your way around sort of teething problems or how you, how you want it to go and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, we're hoping to hit the ground running with it, really, to be honest. And yeah. just to, you know, I think it'll depend a lot on the guests. I think we've got, I don't know who we've got. I did an interview with the journalist the other day. She knew more than me. She was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, get me over the running order when you get a minute. Um, yeah, so we're hoping that, you know, we're just going to have fun with it right away. And it's an hour, but because it's ITV, it's, we've got the adverts, so it's cut into four little segments and I think it'll actually 
you know, hopefully fly by. Because you did this morning for, for one episode last year and you yeah, loved that, didn't you? I loved it. It was really good. Um, and I was so busy with Back in Time then that I couldn't do any more and it was a real shame because I got to work with Michael Ball, who's hilarious, who does no prep at all. <laughs> so I was sat there like little Miss Swatty Pants, like, writing all my little interviews and writing me questions with my highlighter pen and my pencil case out. And he's like, it's fine, darling, you do it. I'll just join in. <laughs> it's great. Um, but no, I loved it. So I was thinking about that the other day, actually. I want it to be that kind of relaxed vibe where the uh, you know the guests relax as well I really loved when I did the big breakfast like donkeys years ago now but I don't think it, it can't be quite as anarchic anarchic <laughs> he said archaic <laughs> it can't be quite as anarchic as that but I, I do like that vibe where you know all the cameramen's names and you can mess about a little bit you know I want to do this thing where they send out a camera on the street and ask people about Sarah Cox and because I want people like because it's filmed in Clapham I want them to be like no I never heard of her and stuff like that you know what I mean one of those like well as if I'm bigging myself up but essentially I quite like taking the mickey out of myself so. and when you get a spare minute which at the moment is obviously not not many spare minutes mm. what kind of tv do you like to watch oh I'm excited about Peaky Blinders coming back I remember when it went away in 2017 was the last series wasn't it and they announced it was coming back 2019 and I just remember thinking that's so far away, you lazy gets, mate. What every year? What's wrong with you? Pull your finger out. Obviously, it takes quite a while because it's so good. And apparently, they've been filming it a lot in the pottery at Middleport where we did Great Pottery Throwdown because it's very cobbly. They're beautiful old buildings. So apparently there was warnings going out around Stoke that if you hear any gunshots, it's because they're filming Peaky Blinders in the pottery, which I love. Um, so, yeah, I love, I love that. I love on Netflix. I love great news. Part of season two has got Tina Fey in it. I think she might have had a hand in writing it as well. And that's really funny just for like a fun... You know, things to just have when I'm on my various journeyings around. And Queer Eye, love, obviously... Fleabag, I know everybody's saying that at the moment, but I just think she's incredible. I always try to mention Fleabag every mm. episode, so you've done that for me this time. So yeah, it's, it's just so... Her writing's just incredible. She's just so brilliant. And there's surprises in every episode. You never really get comfortable with it, as in like, oh, this is her well-worn path to find a route to a joke or to a funny moment. You just never quite know. And it's just so spiky and sharp and brilliant. An afterlife as well. Yes. <gasps> It's so good, isn't it? It's really good. And you can tell Ricky Gervais is just really buzzing that people love it so much. I fangirled him on Twitter saying, uh, saying oh, I was crapping, you know, and you cry and laugh at the same time. And he, like, liked my... I was like, oh, Gervais knows I exist. Uh, but no, I'm a huge fan of his. But yeah, that was particularly brilliant. I'm getting a bit more into stand-up as well. So I was, I've been... I watched for the second time last night because I hadn't seen it, the latest Amy Schumer one where she's uh, got her bump. She reveals her bump. Uh, and it's hilarious. And she calls out so much stuff and she's fearless. And I just love her. And you can see The Sarah Cox Show weekend mornings from 8.30 beginning this Saturday. And I'm going to be on there as well. So last Saturday saw the first episode of Stephen Mulhern's In For A Penny. Of course, this is the new game show that was born out of Stephen's feature on Ant and Dex Saturday Night Takeaway. He really pushed for it. It was unclear on the show whether it was a joke or whether he really wanted it to be a series. Turns out he did. Now it's his own thing. Good luck to him. So Jeffers, my big question to you is this. What is the spin-off show based on a segment of another show that you would like to see? This one I found quite tricky. Normally I've got loads of answers, haven't I? Not, not so many this week. So... 
I think the one that I thought of was I used to love the gotchas on Noel Edmonds Noel's house party. Oh my God. Jeffers, it, of it, all the things you could have chosen, you want very, to bring back Noel's house party. Well, Noel's very keen to be on telly in at the moment, so I think. <laughs> Are you his agent? Yeah, yeah. I think I, <laughs> I think if you got a good gotcha, a good sort of you know Rio Ferdinand tried to do it when he sort of murked celebs and stuff. I think if Noel did it, you know, with a bit of budget behind him, half an hour segment with him, really like. Stitching up celebrities, seeing them go mental. You know, you saw that clip with Beckham on the James Corden show recently where they basically did almost like a gotcha. People loved that. It's like really... Ant and Dex undercover as yeah, well. Yeah, I think there is definitely room for a sort of 30-minute gotcha show. On a you bit... want Noel back? Oh, well, maybe, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Noel would let anyone else do a gotcha show. So you I wouldn't think let we... Mulhern do it? No, I, don't, I think it would have to be Noel. <laughs> the only other thing I thought of as well is I think Louisa Durrell from the Durrells, because that's coming to an end, I think she could have a spin-off show. But I think you maybe even... I've asked her about this in the yeah, past. Yeah, when when we were on set uh, in Corfu, she said, "Yeah, we'd be up, we'd all be up for a spin-off. Let us do a spin-off um, because it's coming to an end." I think the spin-off would have to not be in Corfu. They've said very openly in press that you know the fact is the family left Corfu and that's it's the final series of the Doral. So we expect to see them leave Corfu. But I could see them. I don't know. I'd like to see Louisa and, and the gang in England doing their thing with a zoo dating in England maybe for Louisa. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's just me with Spiro. Anyway, I would choose. You know, Crystal Maze. Yes. Brilliant show. But by far the best zone is the Aztec zone. And it doesn't get enough time. You only get two or three games in the Aztec zone. Then you have to go to like the futuristic or industrial or whatever. Boring. What makes the Aztec one so good? There's sand. There's like water-based games. Okay. They have to climb some sort of fake steps. I imagine there are pyramids in the background. It's the best zone. That's probably the wrong place geographically. But it's it's awesome. Okay. So therefore it needs its own Aztec edition. Rich Shaiwadi would love it. He'd be brilliant. I think he's a great host. And then we all know that the best thing about The Voice is the chairs. So why not just have a chair show? It doesn't have, you don't have to have the battles. You don't have to have a winner, all that nonsense. Just do the chairs. So I don't think there's anyone in the country quite as sad as Jeffers to lose Fleabag this week. We're all sad about it, but Jeffers has taken it as a real personal loss. He hasn't texted me all week. It's been tough. I've just about stopped tweeting about it now. There's a bit of a backlash because people are just getting a bit fed up of everyone like me sharing every article that's written about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm just about over it now. I am concerned for you. Uh, but it's been a massive hit with critics and viewers. What comedies could take its place? Well, nothing could take its place, but let us have a little look at the comedies coming up this week. Monday saw a new comedy on the BBC Slate called Ghosts, which I thought sounded terrible and was actually really quite funny. What did you think, Jeffers? Yes, I think it's got potential. I don't think it's, it's quite there yet, but it's, it's pretty good. It's the team behind uh, Horrible Histories, I think, which is very popular anyway. And it's this young couple, Alison and Mike, they're moving from the city. They're sort of almost like, I guess, sort of hipster types. And they are moving into this house, which they sort of stumble upon fortuitously in a will. It's quite a sketchy way that they get it, but they basically end up owning this massive mansion. And lo and behold, it's inhabited by loads of random ghosts. And it's just sort of a comedy around the ghosts in the house, the couple there and, and things that go on. It's nice and light. The ghosts have all got quite distinct personalities, which I thought really helped. And it's a decent sort of ensemble cast, if you like. There's no one or two people. It feels like all, say, 10 of the main cast are all doing their share. And they're useless at haunting. They're ghosts who are rubbish at being ghosts. So I think that's quite funny. So they are quite happy to 
coexist with this couple. That's fine. But then they want to turn the place into a hotel and they think, oh my goodness, we have nowhere to hide. We're going to have to do something. But because they haven't tried any haunting in a long time, they're rubbish at it. And I just found that quite amusing. I thought it was quite well done. And like you say, they've all got different personalities, so they all go about it in different ways. There's one who's supposed to be a sort of disgraced politician. There's one who's in a sort of Elizabethan rough type thing. They're from all different eras. And I just, you can tell it's from the same guys that did Horrible Histories. It's got that same kind of flavour to it. And I think, again, we were saying earlier about everything being the same and it does feel a bit different and that also appealed to me. Yeah, and the type of humour is sort of silly humour and I don't mean that to disparage it at all. It's not really broad, it's just a bit silly and fun. Yeah, and as you say, the way that they're bad at sort of spooking the sort of owners out is fun and that you sort of they're almost training and trying to learn how to scare them again one of them's trying to sort of move objects with which is they're really struggling with and you sort of slowly learn about how they all died in different ways and i just found it quite amusing and it's quite a nice watch really it's on at uh, 9 30 but you could actually almost you know people a lot younger could watch it i think and it, it would be fine i think, I think they find it quite funny really yeah so that's a new comedy but let's talk about a returning comedy not going out it just kind of survives. Yeah, it was accent, it came back. Lee Mack thought it outgrown the character literally in terms of age. And then it came back when they had kids. It's on series 10 now. You know, it still gets decent ratings. Do you think it still deserves its place on telly? I mean, yeah, people that like this still really like it. It's quite a clever move, I think, by Shane Allen, the comedy boss at the BBC, put not going out on at nine on Mondays and then he's put Ghost, which we just talked about, 9.30 afterwards. So it helps maybe to support it and hopefully not going out is going to continue to get a good audience and maybe people will stay on and give Ghost a go as well. I think it's a sign that how good not going out is at doing what it does is basically this, this first episode this week is they're going to do a parachute jump, is set in the back of a plane and I mean, the budget for the show is probably about 50 quid or something. It's literally one room. They're wearing some orange sort of jumpsuits and every, all the comedy is set in that one room. And the sign of a good comedy really is when it can do that. There's no tricks. It's literally just people talking. It could be almost on stage. And it does what it does really well. It's not my perfect comedy. It's, it's very mainstream. It's very sort of uh, safe comedy, I suppose. But I think it, what it does, it, it works really well. And it's very gag heavy. And I say that as a compliment. There's a lot of comedies that think they're sort of cool and above, yeah, above making you laugh almost. But there's, all, there's a massive hit rate in that show because, you know, that's the kind of comedian that Lee Mack is. I didn't really like the first episode of this as much because he's done a very similar one set on a ski lift about, you know, oh, we're going to die or whatever. And it just didn't really feel very real. The second one is about his kids and what they're learning at school. And I think just that's more like it. Yeah, I think not going out is at its best when it's a bit relatable. I mean, to be honest, not going out was at its best when Tim Vine was in it and Miranda was in it. That You know, it was amazing. But I still think they're really good actors. They've got great timing. It was good comedy actors, you know. I think I think Lee Mack does a good job in it. And I, I think it's enjoyable to watch. I just, yeah, I'd skip over the first episode of this new series, start episode two. I think it's just amazing that people like uh, Bobby Ball, I find, I find some of his gags really funny. I never thought I'd find myself saying that, you know, that feels like quite old-fashioned humour. You've got Hugh Dennis in there, who's obviously very good as well. He gets in everything. He's in Fleabag, he's in this... He must be really well connected. I mean, he's good, but I mean, he just pops up everywhere. Yeah, I guess it's quite a similar character in most times. Normally quite a dry sense of humour in Fleabag and in this, in, in the way sort of he delivers stuff. But it works quite well in quite a contrast to sort of Lee's character. And yeah, I, I, like we say, the cast is very strong and one of them normally helps to bring it along with a couple of gags every minute or two, really. Now it's time once again to add to the list of box sets to watch before you die. Each week, one of our favourite faces from the telly tells us a must-see series. 
Last week, Kevin MacLeod chose The Handmaid's Tale. Fantastic choice. And this week, it's the turn of DIY SOS host and one of the stars of last year's I'm a Celeb. It's Nick Knowles. Here is his box set to watch before you die. Hello, Series Linked podcast. It's Nick Knowles here. And my favourite box set of all time would have to be The West Wing. There's about seven series, seven or eight series, and each series has about 26 programmes in it, so it's mahoosive. But despite that, I have actually watched the box set about four times now from end to end. The first commandment says, honour thy father. No, it doesn't. Toby, it doesn't. Listen to- no, if I'm going to make you sit through this preposterous exercise, we're going to get the names of the damn commandments right. Okay, here we go. Honour thy father is the third commandment. Then what's the first commandment? I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt worship no other god before me. It's fantastic because it's full of humour and insight and it's the workings behind the White House from the President and his team. Uh, Mr President, I'm uh, John Van Dyke. Yes, Reverend. Uh, May I ask you a question, sir? Of course. If our children can buy pornography on any street corner for $5, isn't that too high a price to pay for free speech? No. Really? On the other hand, I do think that $5 is too high a price to pay for pornography. It's written by the amazing Aaron Sorkin, uh, all except the last couple of series, which I understand he didn't write, where it goes off the boil a little bit, but it's still very, very good. We should have a great debate, Rob. We owe it to everyone. When I was running as a governor, I didn't know anything. I made them start Bartlett College in my dining room, two hours every morning on foreign affairs in the military. You can do that. How many different ways do you think you're going to find to call me dumb? I wasn't, Ron. But you've turned being unengaged into a zen-like thing, and you shouldn't enjoy it so much as all. And if it appears at times as if I don't like you, that's the only reason why. I would recommend it to anyone because it gives you such an insight into how the world is working because America is the big superpower around at the moment, and so worth knowing what's going on. Nice one, Nick. The West Wing, that's a pretty universally acknowledged good choice, right? Yeah, and just to pick up on what Nick said, it is seven seasons. He wasn't sure whether it's six or seven. 156 episodes. And this is a, yeah, this was a huge, huge show. Started in 99, ran to 2006. Massive number of awards, 26 Emmys, three Golden Globes. And it's all about really Martin Sheen's character. He is the president of the United States. You've also got Rob Lowe, one yes. of the communications directors. So it's got, a, I suppose, a little bit of the idea of like the thick of it or Veep, those kind of things, but much more serious, much more of a drama made by NBC. And yeah, it's a really solid choice from Nick, to be honest. I've heard, I've heard lots and lots of people tell me to watch this. I've seen a couple of episodes. It's shot really nicely as well. And it's the kind of thing, yeah, you, you could lose a weekend and just watch sort of 10 or 20. Especially good to watch in the way that American politics is going now. Good sort of foil to that, maybe? Yeah, I mean, I think from memory, Sheen's even got a bit of a sort of barnet, that would, not quite on Trump's level, but he's, <laughs> he's got pretty interesting hair in this. And his character is quite interesting as well because he suffers from MS um, and basically initially hides it when he comes into the office. And I think that's a growing storyline in it about he sort of deteriorates and stuff. So there's quite serious tones. I'm comparing it to those other comedy shows, but it is a, a straight drama, this one. And this is when Rob Lowe was doing his his drama self before he did all Parks and Rec and started taking the mickey out of himself. So good stuff. Brilliant. Well, next new daytime series, Home is Where the Art Is, is on BBC One at 3.45 all week. The West Wing is available everywhere. Is it, is it repeated anymore or do you just have to buy the box set? I think, yeah, I think it's one of those you pick up on Amazon Prime or something like that. I think you have to buy it these days. And there'll be another box set to watch before you die next week.
So we're almost out of time for this week's episode. But as ever, we need to scan across our EPGs, hazard a little guess at what we'll be talking about, not just next week, but also next month and next year. Jeffers fans, this is your moment. Come on, don't let us down, Mark. What are we going to be watching next week? Next week, I'm going to talk about uh, Lunatics. And this is the new Chris Lilly comedy. Um, there's a lot of different spoof elements to it. It's not Previously, he's done, obviously, a school and things like that. I know there's some very funny estate agents in this. And that is going to drop all the whole series on April the 19th, which is Friday. On Netflix. On Netflix. And he's the guy behind Summer Heights High, which Faye Ripley's a massive fan of. Yes, and she obviously she gave that her box set recommendation. And so I'm sure she'll be one of the ones watching this. And next month? Next month, we've got Our Dementia Choir. This is a Vicky McClure documentary series, really. It's one that's really close to her heart. Her gran had dementia and actually has now passed away. But there's a theory that singing and creating a sort of choir is a really positive thing for people with dementia. So what she's done is she's got together a group of people. They're going to sort of form a choir. They're also going to do some sort of research and show the extent that music, the effect it can have on people with dementia. I think they're hoping that maybe off the back of the programme, other choirs maybe around the country are going to be sort of created as well. So that is coming to BBC One. Press have just sort of started to get a look at it now, so I think it's going to be coming in the next few weeks. It'd be really nice to see Vicky just being Vicky as well, because we always see her as, as characters. You don't yes, get to see her right. be herself that much. And next year? From the makers of League of Their Own, Sky One are doing another show. It's called There's Something About Movies. Alan Carr's going to present it, and it's described as a quiz with the favourite actors and comics coming on to test their film trivia. I'm not sure whether this sounds like a sort of Oscar winning programme or whether it's going to be absolutely dire, but I think (laughs) one way or another we're going to be talking about it. Also, just want to give a quick shout out as well because Amazon have just announced that their drama Hannah has been recommissioned for a second series. So that'll be coming in the next year or so as well. I'm yet to watch that myself, but lots of people are talking about it. It's all about a 15 year old called Hannah who's raised in sort of remote woods and becomes sort of a hunter and trained to kill. And it, it sounds quite interesting. I have been meaning to watch it and... Hopefully I'll watch it before the second series comes out. Fantastic. Loads for us to keep an eye on there. Well, so we've got time for Like Fleabag. We have to go. But unlike Fleabag, we're going to come back. We'll be back next week. This has been the Series Linked podcast. If you've enjoyed it, and obviously we hope that you have, go on, please give us a five-star rating and review. Your good deed for the day. And make sure you've subscribed as well so that the next episode is ready and waiting for you when it drops next Tuesday. For now, though, bye-bye. See you later. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from, some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.